A prominent activist from the Me Too movement, Rose McGowan, recently called the Democrats the darkness, monsters and liars. And for this, she's now being questioned. Is Rose McGowan Republican? Well, the answer is no. She just may be one of the few people with principles who's challenging the status quo. It seems to me the Democrats just pander. It's all they've ever really done. Many of us who used to vote Democrat and no longer will, at least in this election cycle, probably thought there was a period where Democrats had principles. Upon looking back, it seems to me that's not the case. They were just saying whatever they had to say to get elected. And it would seem like Rose McGowan is noticing something similar as well, asking what have the Democrats ever actually done for anybody? For this, she's getting roasted and slammed by many on the left, including her former co-star on the show Charmed, Alyssa Milano. Now, to me, I think Alyssa Milano is a hypocrite. There's a few things she's done that I've given her credit for. But for the most part, she just rushes to the defense of Democrats, even though they are guilty of many of the things that Me Too has complained about. What we're seeing here, at least in my opinion, is more of the walk away style campaign or movement. It's not necessarily about voting for Trump, especially in the case of Rose McGowan. It's about people finally waking up and realizing the Democrats have been lying the whole time. I mean, going as far back as I can remember. Several years ago, I was very much in favor of Bernie Sanders. And then the Democrats kind of cheated. Well, they literally cheated him out of it. And it made me mad. I felt like the Democrats used to have principles. But in reality, it was just easier for the Democrats to pander. Now that the far left is taking over the Democratic Party, they're desperate to pander to the far left and to the more centrist, you know, moderate types. And it doesn't work. It results in the mask being shattered because they're trying too hard to just pander. It's all they have to offer. So let's do this. I want to take a look at what's going on with Rose McGowan and this kind of wake up call that many are seeing, because what's really fascinating about what we're seeing with a Me Too activist is that we're actually seeing it in the black community as well. Kimberly Klasik is a black woman running for Congress with one of the most viral ad campaigns ever slamming the Democrats for their failed leadership in many cities like hers, Baltimore. I think what we're seeing is that years of pandering with no actual plan or policy has resulted in total failure and it can go on no longer. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean all of these people like Rose will come out and vote for Trump, but it certainly means they're not going to vote for the Democrats. So let's get started and we'll, we'll start with what's going on with Rose and a viral hashtag that was trending, basically the top trend, Alyssa Milano is a lie. But before we do, head over to timcast.com slash donate if you'd like to support my work. There are many ways you can give. There's a PO box, but the best thing you can do, subscribe to my channel. If you haven't subscribed already, just below the video player is a little subscribe button. Give it a tap. And now you are more likely to get my videos every day when they go up at 4 p.m. If you really want to help, hit the like button, the notification bell, and share this video because I don't have a big marketing budget. I just have all of you who want to support my work, and that really will help. But let's read the first story. I find this fascinating. Is Rose McGowan Republican? Actor calls Biden and Democrats monsters and frauds. Right off the bat, it's important to note she is a prominent, prominent Me Too activist, one of the original people to come out and challenge those disgusting creeps in Hollywood. But just because she's going after Joe Biden doesn't mean she's a Republican. Certainly, many people are accusing her of helping Trump even though she's still critical of Trump. I just want to say right off the bat, she just might have principles. Has anyone considered that? 
They like to say similar things about me that I'm a conservative. And it's just not true. I'm just sick and tired of the hypocrisy and the lies from Democrats. I, I, I don't I've never liked the Republicans. I don't know what you want me to say about them. But anyway, I digress. Let's read the story. Newsweek says Rose McGowan has lashed out against Joe Biden and the Democrats just as Biden accepted the Democratic Party's presidential nomination this week. Taking to Twitter, the actress and Me Too advocate referred to the former vice president as the season of darkness. She tweeted, you are the season of darkness, Joe Biden, DNC. You are monsters. You are frauds. You are the lie. Bravo, Rose. I completely agree with you. And I've never been a big fan of Trump as a politician. I say that because, look, as, a, as an entertainer, as a rich guy, I think he's hilarious. But I think we're allowed to be critical of the Democrats without being accused of being Republicans or conservative. Mind you, I have pretty much said I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm in all likelihood voting for Donald Trump this November for the simple reason that I, I do not want to see the Obama administration brought back in. I do not like Joe Biden. I do not like the Democrats. I think they're liars. And for that, I think Donald Trump has done some good things. But we'll get to that later. Let's keep reading. McGowan was referring to Biden's acceptance speech during the final night of the Democratic National Convention when he promised to be an ally of the light and not the darkness and told Americans, united we can overcome. But Rose, when she said, you are the season of darkness, perhaps she was right and she didn't even realize just how right she was. Well, I'm going to say this. I think she is right. And she was righter. She was more correct than she actually realized. Take a look at this story from the National Post. Joe Biden accused of plagiarizing from Jack Layton's final letter in nomination speech. Social media was quick to point out that the words were eerily similar to ones found in a letter Layton wrote before he died in 2011. They even note Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, a man not unaccustomed to allegations of plagiarism, is now being accused of copying the words of former new Democratic Party leader Jack Layton. Yeah, go figure. He's a liar. He steals his speech. He's done it before. He's lied about his credentials before. He is a liar. When I see Donald Trump speak, more, more particularly back in 2016, I saw a guy that I thought wasn't fit in terms of his demeanor. I understand why a lot of people liked the way he acted, what he was saying, because it felt like he, you had someone fighting for you, someone in your corner. But I can tell you this. I believed that Donald Trump really believed in what he was saying. When Trump comes out and says, this is what I want to do and why, I truly believe he means it. I really do. Does it mean he's perfect? Of course not. Does it mean he's always going to be successful and, and, and he's going to win every fight? No, absolutely not. But at least I can trust that he thinks what he's saying is what he wants. You know what I mean? Back in 2016, I thought Bernie was that candidate. And boy, did he sell out quick. Donald Trump, for all his faults, at least I know that when he says it, he means it. And that's better than I can, you know, that's that's more than I can say for the Democrats. Now, mind you, McGowan isn't saying that about Trump. She's still critical of him. They say later addressing the Democrats in general, McGowan railed against apparent shortcomings and fail failures of the Democrats to stop a number of social issues like systemic racism and police brutality when in office. She wrote, what have the Democrats done to solve anything? Help the poor? No. Help black and brown people? No. Stop police brutality? No. Help single mothers? No. Help children? No. You have achieved nothing. Nothing. Why did people, why did people vote for Trump? Because of you mother effers. Wow. I don't disagree. I think for the most part, what you get with Democrats are these people who don't have necessarily, most of them, what it takes to actually be successful and make their mark in history. 
So they found a cheap path. All they got to do is just say whatever they think you want to hear. You'll vote for them. They'll do nothing. And then nothing will get changed, except their name will be added to the list of significant individuals. I think that's what they want. They want the keys to the castle because they're not good enough to actually achieve anything. And this is true for many Republicans, too. In fact, I think most of the Republicans, to be completely honest, I don't like the Republicans. I really don't. When Donald Trump tried to pull the troops out of Afghanistan, it was Republicans and Democrats united in stopping him. And it was eight Republicans and three Democrats who agreed with Trump to get our troops out of out of Afghanistan. So I think the whole system is broken. But what I'm really getting at here, especially with with what Rose is saying, is shattering this 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 uh, mirage, this facade that has long sat in front of people like me, people like Rose, where we thought the Democratic Party was at least trying. Now I think I can see, you know, I, like, like I was mentioning, I often felt that they changed. The Democrats changed. Now I no longer think that based on what I'm seeing now and the problems we see in these cities, I don't think they were ever actually for anything. I think they were just saying whatever they thought we wanted to hear. So going on, they say McGowan is one of a few high profile celebrities to call out Biden over assault allegations brought by his former staffer Tara Reid, allegations Biden denies. The fresh tirade against Joe Biden is not the first time the actress has blasted the Democrats. But the 46-year-old has a long history of attacking Trump as well. Here's a roundup of her, of her views on both the Democratic Party and the GOP. They say, is Rose McGowan a Democrat? In April, the charmed star demanded Biden end his presidential bid and also deemed the Democratic Party a cult. Posting a tearful selfie, McGowan said she was once a proud Democrat. I would have died for, for, for this country and its ideals. I was raised to be a proud Democrat. When my youngest brother graduated as a fighter pilot at the Air Force Academy, I wore a vote John Kerry pin, got into verbal, verbal altercations with big men who were mad I was a Democrat, she wrote. This is back from April when there was this very you know prominent moment where Rose came out and said, the Democratic Party is not what I thought it was. For me, I, I've realized it more and more and more. Absolutely. And a lot of people say Tim Pool, slowest red pill, whatever. But sure, fine. A lot of people are starting to realize this. I had an excellent conversation with Brandon Strzok, the founder of the Walk Away campaign, where he straight up says the Democrats have been lying and he walked away. And as more and more people realize this, I, I think we, we should be optimistic about this. I know that Rose posted a tear, a, a, a teary eyed selfie, but I think for the most part, this is a good thing. People are going to wake up. They're going to take the reins back and start voting for people who actually care. She said, I thought democracy meant I had a right to choose who lined up with my value system. But what if there's no one? Now I know too much and I feel really quite a sense of loss tonight. She wanted to say this is deeper than a cover up. And I'm sad because there's death around all corners and shadows in the daytime. It hurts. Now I know too much and I feel really quite a sense of loss. They say, is Rose McGowan a Republican? They, they go on to mention that she penned an open letter and she blasting the Murdochs she bla- uh, to the Murdochs. She blasted Trump. And she, I believe she wrote an open letter against Trump in 2014. Here's the important point. Donald Trump is not the Republicans. He's absolutely not. There's a lot wrong with the man in terms of his professional demeanor, in terms of whether or not he's fit for the job. But I'll tell you this. At least I, I, I trust Donald Trump means what he's saying. I do. And I think the fake news has skewed people's perception of who he is and what he wants to do. But most importantly, he has improved greatly. I have to be absolutely fair. 
I know a lot of people, they, they get tired of hearing me say things where it's like, here's the reasons I, 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 you know, I've been critical of Trump, but there are legitimate reasons. I am not one of these, you know, Trump derangement syndrome individuals. Trump brought on people like John Bolton. He was engaging in a lot of this really bad foreign policy early on, but he's been improving. And that to me is good enough. If he is going to do the right thing by the economy, I'm happy. If he's going to help the working class, I'm happy. If he is going to shore up our defenses, and if he is going to work to bring about peace in the Middle East, which he's recently done, and he's going to work to at least try to bring peace on the Korean Peninsula, I'm also really happy. All of those things say to me, hey, Trump's not that bad. In fact, he's pretty okay. I used to say he was bad, but not that bad. But he's improved. He's improved enough to where I have no problem saying he's actually kind of okay. He's a funny guy. And you know what? I am absolutely willing to vote for Donald Trump when it comes to this general election, if it means awful people like Joe Biden and the failed Democrats are not given the keys to the castle again. Most important to say is that the Republican establishment right now in this viral tweet, take a look at this, seeing in print in the Wall Street Journal, this list of Republican national security officials endorsing Biden is really something. This is basically every GOP luminary of the last 30 years saying enough to Trump. Stunning, really. Stunning, really. No, I'll tell you what. What that letter is, is proof that Trump was an insurgent who pushed his way into the Republican Party, knocked out the crony establishment who went running tail between their legs to the Democratic establishment saying, save us. Don't save them. They're all cronies. They're all corrupt. They've been running this country to the ground. They've been selling us out to multinational corporations against the interests of the American people. And I've had enough. And Donald Trump is far from perfect. But I will take the bull rampaging through the establishment over the establishment any day. You vote for Joe Biden, these deceitful, deceptive Democrats. And what you are doing is you are ensuring they get back in and they make sure the actual, you know, the people of this country do not have a chance to restore our country. Donald Trump is, is not my first choice. For many, he is. And that's fine. I got no problem. I'm going to defer to Republicans at the local level even. Take a look at this story. Baltimore Republican House candidate Kimberly Klasik viral campaign ad. Democrats have failed Baltimore and black people. This ad is explosive. One of the most powerful campaign ads we have seen in a really long time. 10 million views, 154,000 retweets in five days. And what she does Kimberly walks through Baltimore and shows just how awful the city is under the constant 53 year Democratic leadership. I should say Democrat leadership. I know Republicans tend to do that. They don't say Democratic Party, they say Democrat Party. And I think the reason for that is Democratic means something. It means we're all in this. We all vote. We put forward you know, our ideas. And in our constitutional republic, it means that we're you know, having our voice heard. The Democrats are a political party with a brand name. So I understand why they do that. But anyway, more to the point. When I see this, when I see ads like this, I tell you, they work. They absolutely do. I'm looking at Chicago, failed policy, corrupt mayor. New York, failed policy, corrupt mayor. LA, same thing. Portland, same thing. And you know what? I've had enough. I don't know. I don't believe that the Republican Party, as it was four years ago, was the right choice either, especially 15 years ago when they were moralistic and religious. Today, what I'm looking for are sane, rational, moderate Americans who believe in making this country better, helping people, pushing out the insane cultism of the left, like Rose McGowan said, the Democrats are a cult, and stopping cronies like Joe Biden. I, I am fearful 
of the absurd policies being put forward by the Democrats. So let, let, let me show you a couple things. In this story from the Daily Beast, we see hashtag Alyssa Milano is a lie. Trends on Twitter as Rose McGowan goes nuclear on Charmed co-star. Why? Well, Alyssa Milano created this really long thread about what the Democrats have done for America. See, Alyssa Milano said, you know, what has, you know, what have the Democrats done to solve anything? In response, Alyssa Milano did this big thread of which she said, 1964 LBJ Democrat signs the Civil Rights Act of 1964, ending legal segregation and racial discrimination. While there is still a long way to go, Democrats lead the way. That is a lie. It was a lie then, and it's a lie now. In fact, it was the Democrats who who had a record filibuster to try and stop the 1964 Civil Rights Act. Now, I will give credit where credit is due. LBJ, he did sign it. I get it. But the Democrats were not a unified party on this one. And today, I, I said this, but Alyssa, Democrats voted to repeal their civil rights legislation in California, and it's going to referendum soon. This is true. They call it the Affirmative Action Amendment. They would strike through the language that says, well, let me, let me read it. Supporting Prop 16 uh, uh, will repeal Proposition 209, which stated that the government and public institutions cannot discriminate against or grant preferential treatment to persons on the basis of race, uh, their, their gender, color, ethnicity, or national origin in public employment, public education, and public contracting. It was modeled off of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. The Democrats opposed it back then, and they're trying to repeal it in California right now. So don't give me that BS. I've had enough. And no, I am not saying the Republicans would do better, but I will absolutely defer to them if it means stopping this insanity. Anyway, I, I see tweets like this. Let me, let me show you this. Jonathan Meech responded to Rose McGowan when she said, what have the Democrats done? He said, that he's LGBT, Rose, and literally voted left many times. But he's having to vote for Trump now because he saw the hypocrisy in the Democratic Party. And every time he pointed it out to them, he would be shunned. And he just couldn't deal with it anymore. He said he's lo- he lost friends. You know, that's exactly it. When you say, hey, wait a minute, Joe Biden is a creeper. He gropes women. They say, shut your mouth. You're helping Donald Trump. Rose McGowan tweeted about it. She says, I wrote an anti-Trump open letter to the media in 2014. Your mainstream media built him. I was I I was made fun of by both sides for writing this. So all of you saying I'm helping Trump get elected can suck it. (laughs) Bravo, Rose. I I love it. I love Rose coming out and saying no to both. I I absolutely I I do. I'm I'm not someone who is running to the Democratic Party gleefully saying that, you know, I I would, would now be called a conservative. No, no, quite the contrary. I'm saying this. You know what? I have in the past given support to Democrats. This year, I've donated to many Democrats, hoping I could try and salvage the party in some way. And then I realized it was all lies. Why? Well, some, many of the people I supported immediately just gave in to the establishment, and I've had enough. There is no saving. There is no saving the Democrats as far as I'm concerned. There's, there's got to be a different party. So you know what I'm going to do? I may disagree with these Republicans. I may not be the biggest fan of Donald Trump as a politician, but I got no problem saying I'm going to let you guys give it a shot. You know why? Because I'm not, I'm not seeing any success on this side. And other people are seeing the same thing. Oh, they'll try and tell you in all these ads that Trump supporters are regretting Trump gret, they say BS. Take a look at this from Axios. They say the voter registration gap between Democrats and Republicans has narrowed in some of these key states, according to Trump victory and Axi- uh, according to Trump victory and Axios's reviews of those records. 
But a lot of it has to do with voters switching parties or dropping out of the electorate, not necessarily a surge of new voters registering as Republicans, nor indicating new Trump voters, according to Dave Wasserman of the Cook Political Report. Let me break that down for you. In this story, they are saying that the Trump campaign and RNC have registered 100,000 new voters, closing the gap with Democrats, but they're not new voters. Democrats are losing voters and Democrats are switching to the Republican Party. That's what's closing the gap. Walk away is quite real, I assure you. It's not people walking from the Republicans to Democrats. No, Republicans are closing the gap. The gap is not widening. That means people like Rose are saying F the Democrats and walking away from both from from the Democrats, not joining Republicans. And you have many other people that are either saying they're going to become Republican or they will support the Republicans. That's what's happening. Why? Because Joe Biden is a monster. He is the darkness. He is a liar. You vote for Joe Biden. You are voting for an establishment that furthered our wars in the Middle East. Barack Obama gave us many new wars. He gave us drone strikes. He bolstered our troops in the Middle East. It was a lie. Fool me once, shame on you. Now, I didn't vote for Donald Trump in 2016, and I especially did not vote for Hillary because I'm not stupid enough to put the, the, the Obama administration back into office because they've done a ton of really awful things. And I didn't want to vote for Trump either because I felt fool me once, shame on you, know, shame on you fool, me, fool me twice, etc. But Donald Trump did something that really spoke to me when he made moves to bring our troops out of Syria and Afghanistan. Trump far from perfect, but hey, I will take what I can get. And right now I am I am with 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 the utmost respect. I am proud to see I am excited to see people like Rose, a prominent Me Too activist standing up and saying no way. We need more loud voices that are willing to stand up and be defiant, even if it means a risk to their to their careers, their livelihoods, their safety, their lives. This is the kind of bravery we need to see. I do not expect anybody to come out and sing Trump's praises just because they hate the Democrats. Absolutely not. Rose is absolutely entitled in, in, uh, to all of her opinions on Trump or any other Republican. But I am glad to see many people standing up, speaking up and calling out the complete BS. And now all of this may translate into the crushing defeat of Joe Biden. Biden gets no immediate convention bounce, but still leads Trump. No convention bounce. I mean, shouldn't he have? They say former Vice President uh, Joe Biden saw no immediate measurable increase to his substantial lead over Trump following this week's largely virtual DNC. But he is being viewed more favorably by others. Now, that's fine. I get it. I don't know if these polls are right or what it means. But typically, there's a post-convention bump in support. That's at least what I thought. Maybe not. I don't know. But it does seem like many people are now just coming out and saying straight up, nah, not interested. Here's a story from CNN. Young voters prefer Biden, but they may not vote. They didn't even come out for Bernie Sanders. In this story from March 11th, young voters love Bernie, just not enough. Sanders counted on young voters to carry him to victory. They didn't show up in large enough numbers. So I tell you what that means. When you see this newspaper where all of these swamp monsters come out and say Trump is bad, who expected anything otherwise? Now, is Trump perfect? Again, for the 50 billionth time, he hired John Bolton. Come on. OK, he got rid of John Bolton. So that's good. John Bolton's a warmonger, by the way. I'm glad. I'm glad Trump's improving. He's figuring things out. Trump said he was going to drain the swamp. He did not do the best of jobs, but he did a decent job. And now the swamp monsters are striking back. That's right. In the Wall Street Journal, they're all coming out and saying, no more Trump. You think I care about that? All this, you know what this is? 
It's an accidental endorsement of why Trump should be reelected. I want to see all of the cronies, all of the establishment, all of the warmongers, the DNC having these, you know, uh, these individuals speak. I mean, I'm not going to say their names, just the warmongers speaking at, at their convention, talking about the need for war or supporting it. Just get out. I want they all run to the Democratic establishment and now they are on the run. Trump has routed the establishment, the warmongers, the war hawks from the right to the left. He has routed them. And we are looking at their crushing defeat this November. It is a chance to say enough to the crony establishment that would send our men and women overseas to die for for what? For what? No, honestly, you tell me. I've covered a lot of this stuff in the Middle East, and I just don't see it. I can respect some people who have come out and said they think there's a good reason. But they haven't given the American people a good enough reason. In fact, they've lied to us. They lied to us. And because of those lies, we have seen 100,000 plus dead, I believe, in the past year alone in Afghanistan. Not all the fault of America, but partly, I would say it's fair to say it's the fault of us going in there in the first place. We have a chance to end this. Finally, we have a chance to shut down the establishment crony politicians who care about nothing other uh, nothing but getting themselves into office for power. Trump might not be what you want policy wise, but he is still someone charging in. Now, I'm not a big fan of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. I don't view Trump or the Trump supporters as my enemy. Many progressives may and they might not actually, you know, I guess, join in on the Trump side, vote for Trump because they don't want to support him. Totally respectable as it, as it pertains to Rose. Absolutely respectable. But I'll tell you what, for me, as the cent- the independent leaning left, I view Trump as closer to where I am than where than, than the Democrats. They seem to be just liars who are trying to cheat their way into power. If Trump wins, it may be the final nail in the coffin to crush out the establishment. They're weakened. They are routed. The only thing they could muster was 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 Sleepy Joe. It's their last best effort. And it may be the end of the crony establishment. Maybe the Democratic Party will still exist in some fashion. But I'm telling I'm, I'm saying this to all the progressives, your best opportunity for getting someone like Sanders into office, whether you, whether any of you like him or not, I'm not a fan of him you know, anymore. But if you want him in, you've got to get past the establishment. They cheated to keep Bernie out. And I dare I say kind of twice. So Trump wins. They're done. And then you can form a new coalition and come in. That's your best bet. Trump winning. We'll see how this plays out. But if more people like Rose stand up and call them out, then I think there's a good chance we can actually get the will of the people restored in this country in more ways than one. We can bring back real conversations. Now, I got to say for me personally, one of the reasons I think Trump needs to be elected and many Republicans, particularly the, the, the new faces that are pushing out the establishment, is because we've got a creepy dogmatic cult on the left that must be stopped. It's just that's just what it is. So I'll leave it there. So uh, again, my respect to uh, to Rose. You can see right here on this tweet, Alyssa Milano is a lie to those who actually have principles and will call out the bad where it where it stands, regardless of party. You have my respect. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast News. Thanks for hanging out and I will see you all then. I suppose it just took time, but it seems like we're at the point in the story where these far left extremists, these Black Lives Matter rioters are starting to get charged. And some of these charges are getting serious. St. Pete protester caught with Molotov cocktail loaded gun, police say. Abraham Kuraishi has been charged with terrorist activity and inciting a riot following a June protest. The hammer is dropping. 
There are many jurisdictions that aren't playing the stupid games that Seattle and Portland, Chicago, New York, Fort Worth are playing. They're coming for these people. This guy didn't even throw the Molotov. They found it in his car. Apparently, for some reason, he threw a bullet at, at somebody like as a warning or something. Fine, I get it. But I think that we're going to start seeing a lot more charges coming in. Now, as many of you know, this is your morning riot update. And here's what's actually scary. Local news outlets didn't cover the riot last night. It was a riot. They marched through residential neighborhoods chanting, wake up, pointing lights in people's windows again. There was a large group with shields. They started a fire in the street. And I go to the local outlets like I normally do because I roll my eyes like, yeah, they're going to say another protest. They didn't even cover it. Welcome to your new normal. This is what I said yesterday. We can't allow them to normalize it. They aren't even covering the riots anymore because they happen so much. That is when things get freaky. But I'll tell you this. I'm starting with this story to make a positive point. At least in many jurisdictions, they're done playing games. But there is a serious concern that crime is skyrocketing across this country as tax bases erode and riots continue. Crime is going up, lethal crime. We may see a tipping point. And we've got an AG in Louisiana saying we're getting close to it. But let's get started and read about what's going on with this St. Peter's St. Petersburg protester, they say, over at uh, ABC Action News. They say St. Peter- Petersburg protester, wink, wink, has been charged with terrorist activity after police discovered a Molotov cocktail in his car that was parked outside of police headquarters. Now, to be fair, innocent until proven guilty, but you get the, this guy plead, get, pleads guilty to this charge. We're going to start saying BLM terrorists. I, I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding. They're charging these people with terrorism. So I'll, I'll, I'll give this one a shout out to Stephen Crowder, who did the Change My Mind, Black Lives Matter is a terrorist organization. I hear his points. Well, at least here's some evidence to, to suggest. Well, uh, it, it lends itself to his, to, to his argument, what he said. Police arrested 26-year-old Abraham Qureshi for inciting a riot and resisting arrest with violence during a June 3rd protest outside of a police headquarters. They call it a protest, but these people are bringing weapons and Molotovs. Come on, call it something else. The arrest was reported on the following day as Chief Anthony Holloway described how Qureshi threw, threw a round of ammunition at the direction of officers during the protest. Officers soon realized Qureshi was carrying a loaded firearm without a permit. Days later, investigators discovered Qureshi parked his car as close to police headquarters uh, cl- as close due to the barricades on the night of the arrest. A report states Qureshi called his uncle from jail and directed him to tow his locked vehicle to Pen- uh, Pinellas Park. Police later discovered a Molotov cocktail inside the vehicle. A swab test, a swab tested positive for flammable liquid. If the defendant was not arrested, there is reason to believe the defendant was going to discharge the device and arrest report states. According to police, there were approximately 30 to 40 people at the protest that night and numerous officers in and outside the police building. Also concerning police say are several videos investigators uncovered of Qureshi's uh, on Qureshi's phone. One video, according to court documents, shows Qureshi outside the St. Pete Police Department with his rifle captioned stay home. This is terrorism. They're being charged with terrorism. It is getting to that point. Please pay attention. And that's why it's so scary. They're normalizing this stuff in Portland, at least. Another allegedly shows Qureshi holding a firearm passing by the old St. Pete police building with the caption thinking about. A third video shows Qureshi driving by the new St. Pete pier with the caption pigs guarding the pier I ran a few nights ago. The video allegedly then shows Qureshi panning the camera to a Molotov cocktail and a rifle. A report also stated 
that these videos depict apparent reconnaissance from high vantage points of SPPD and other critical infrastructure. ABC Action News reporter Ryan Smith reached out to local St. Pete police protesters who said the one person who met him that night claims that he traveled from Polk County to protest and has not been back consistently since. Just this week, police say they arrested Qureshi's roommate for setting off a Molotov cocktail in a St. Pete parking lot. Sean Francis Zeigenbein, 23, is charged with making or discharging a destructive device. The Tampa attorney, who is now representing both defendants, told ABC Action News reporter Ryan Smith he had no comment when called Friday. St. Pete PD issued the following statement following the two men's arrests. Our detectives are still working diligently on active ongoing investigations on co-defendants Abraham Qureshi and Sean Francis Zeigenbein. For this reason, we cannot provide any additional details. So I want, I, want, I want to just make sure we highlight this. Charged with terrorist activity. And this story is from, from just the other night. St. Petersburg, Florida. I don't know how big St. Petersburg is, but you can imagine that if the feds are starting to do this here, I believe it's only a matter of time before they start moving forward and, and, and going into other areas. There is some good news. While I can say that, you know, on the front page of Oregonian, uh, of the Oregonian, we're not really seeing any reporting on, on the ongoing riots, for which there are many. Brendan Gutenschwager tweeted, the protesters have arrived at the North Precinct. We got another one. Stolen land, stolen people chants as protesters continue to shine lights into residences here in Portland along the march route. I can't show many of his other tweets because it's, it's vandalism, fire, destruction, chaos, rioting, and YouTube may actually prevent you from seeing this if I do. And I say this uh, uh, regrettably that you know, we're at this point where I can't show you the videos. Otherwise, you might not even hear it's happening. Look, look, here's Oregon Live. The, the, the front story is reopening Oregon schools. It's, they're normalizing it. We're now looking at 86 nights of riots. And I'm not talking about dwindling groups. These, these groups are as big as they've been for the past 86 nights with shields forming a phalanx or whatever. And now they're not reporting on it. Even the front page of Katu 2. However, there is some interesting news. Let me see if I can uh, try and find here. Well, for one, the FBI is investigating a bomb threat. That was big news I covered yesterday. But the Oregon FBI is seeking information on people who incite violence during Portland protests. I love how they call them protests, even though they've been, they've been declaring them riots. While the front page of these local outlets are not covering the ongoing unrest, at least we're seeing this from Katu 2. The feds will be the ones to step in and deal with this. They say the Oregon FBI is asking for information on people who are inciting violence during protests in Portland. Officials said the FBI respects the rights of individuals who peacefully exercise their First Amendment rights. However, FBI officials said the continued violence, potential threat to life and destruction of property across the U.S. interferes with the rights and safety of First Amendment protected peaceful demonstrators as well as other citizens. If you witness or have witnessed unlawful violent actions, the FBI urges you to submit any information, photos or videos that could be relevant to the case. You can also call the FBI tip line and, and, and give them information. So we know that the, the dude, you can see it right here, trending, suspect in, in violent Portland assault caught on video turns himself in. But we've got ABC News here. 5.30 a.m. today, smoke fills air as Portland police clear riot at precinct. A riot has been declared early Saturday outside of a police precinct in Portland as demonstrators continue to clash with law enforcement in Oregon's largest city. Okay, why didn't these local outlets run this story like they normally do? 
I looked, maybe there's some blurb or something. Maybe they're going to write. I don't know. Usually they have a story saying, boom, 85th night, 84th, 83rd. They've been normalizing it. Yesterday, I said, I am I am getting bored talking about the ongoing writing. It's the same story every night. 100 plus people all wearing black with shields, march through residential neighborhoods, yelling, wake up, throwing things, smashing things, threatening people, and then going to a police station, to a county building, to the ICE facility. The feds are back out in the street. We're starting to see an escalation and they've normalized this. That's what I said yesterday. I, I, I you know, look, I get bored with this and I'm going to be totally, totally honest. When all this stuff first started, more people were interested. I'd get more views on videos and I don't get as many views covering this stuff as I did, you know, a, a month or two ago. And I don't care. This needs to be talked about. We cannot let the extremists claim this is normal. And that's what happens when the news says riots aren't newsworthy because they've been happening for 86 nights in a row. So regular people just live with the reality that this will happen in their neighborhood and is a normal part of their life. I don't accept that. I don't. ABC News actually has the story. It's the it's the Associated Press at the very least. Smoke filled the air outside a police precinct in Portland, Oregon, as authorities worked to clear a crowd accused of damaging patrol vehicles, throwing projectiles and pointing lasers at officers. Police declared a riot early Saturday outside the department's north precinct. Smoke was deployed and officers physically forced protesters away from the area. They called it a riot. Call them rioters. Windows were broken on patrol vehicles, police said, and items such as glass bottles were thrown and lasers were aimed at officers. Now, look, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty details on this because I'll tell you what, you know exactly what's happening. And the reason I'm highlighting this is because I will not allow this to become the new normal. So I will I will provide the updates that I can. And like I said, we're seeing now St. Petersburg and many other areas, not the only place they've started coming after those who are starting these riots. Most notably is a Democrat in Virginia hit with two felonies for tearing down a statue months after having done it. So let this be a word of warning to all these people who keep engaging in this behavior. There's a delay. There's a lag. Here's how it works. You go out and do this. They start building a case. And then about a month or two later, they come and they arrest you. And the feds now are asking for information and they will find you. You know, what really bugs me, though, is that we keep seeing these videos of Portland rioters marching through residential neighborhoods, shining lights in windows and screaming, wake up, stolen land and all that stuff. And it's exactly what I said was going to happen. You know, I, I made this joke. They, they announced that some white, white actor, actors or whatever announced that they weren't going to be voicing cartoon characters of color or whatever. And I laughed and said, OK, now do Family Guy. Because the, the, the guy who voices Cleveland Brown and Family Guy is a white dude and Cleveland Brown is a black dude. And sure enough, he stepped down and people were like, Tim, Tim, stop making predictions. Stop making predictions. OK, I'm going to give you a good prediction right now. All right. This is the point. They're marching through these neighborhoods. I said that would happen sooner or later. They will be marching down the residential neighborhood. And my my fear is that sooner or later, they'll actually go up to someone's home. Well, that actually already happened several times. They went to some lady's house. They vandalized it. They physically attacked her. Now, mind you, the lady was wearing some st- a, a very dumb armband. I don't know. I, she's allowed to do it. Fine. Whatever. Don't go to people's houses. So there's no there's no justification for going to someone's house, vandalizing it and physically attacking her for sure. I'm just pointing out I don't agree with that, what you, you know, that she was wearing this. But then residents came out, challenged some of these rioters 
And they've gone since then to other residencies. In one video, they were bullhorning in a neighborhood and they actually went in some, on, onto some, some dude's property and he was screaming, get off my property, get off my property. The next step, if we see that escalation, is they will deliberately go onto your property, call someone out specifically and start smashing up the window. Eventually they'll be in the homes. And that is a horrifying thing to believe will happen. But as long as we keep seeing unchecked extremism, I believe it's extremely likely. Now, here's the good news, though. As I as I as I said, my predictions have relatively vague. I don't think I don't think I'm I'm, I'm not predicting lottery numbers here. I'm just saying, oh, look, they're in a residential neighborhood. I'm, I'm worried they're going to go on someone's property. Then they did. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. It's not hard. You know, it's, it's like one plus one equals two. Right. Well, here's a good prediction. The FBI is looking for you. So here's the obvious prediction. The FBI is currently seeking information on these people. Here's some optimism. They are gonna snatch you up. Oh, you were scared about the fake news about them coming in unmarked vehicles and and snatching people off the streets. It was two people and they were identified as police very easily and they were using an unmarked vehicle, but that's normal for policing. They were wearing things that said police. Stop. Here's going to happen. A black unmarked SUV is going to pull up to your home, moronic far leftist. And a, and a bunch of guys in suits will come and knock on your door and you'll say, I don't know who they are. And they will arrest you and you'll receive federal charges and you will lose and you will go to prison. At least that's what we can uh, uh, hope is going to happen. But I think it's a fair prediction. Governor Brown threatens travel restrictions and restaurant closures. You want to know why I'm highlighting this story from the other day? You, you, you actually have the Oregon governor saying we, we can't reopen these businesses and we must have travel restrictions. You know, COVID, COVID, COVID. There are people every night marching through the street with impunity to a certain degree. I mean, yeah, they're being arrested. Some of them, they're being, they're, then they're being let go. So um, maybe this isn't your biggest priority or it shouldn't be your biggest priority, but apparently that's what they do. Well, I'll tell you what, here we go, baby. Louisiana AG warns violent crime in the U.S., will reach epidemic levels. There's a tipping point that's coming in this country. AG Jeff Landry warns that crime in the US will get worse before it gets better. Okay, well, I'll tell you what. The night is always darkest before the dawn. It doesn't mean that we are going to be diving headfirst into the depths of hell, but it does mean that we are going to see, there's going to be, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of crime. We're already seeing it in many different cities. Lethal crime is way up. And the AG is saying it will get worse. But I wanted to at least give you some positive information. I mean, I opened this with this guy's being charged. Good. The FBI is seeking these people out. We may see more violent crime. The extremists may shove to people's homes. Black Lives Matter people, individuals, whatever you want to call them, now overtly charged just to straight up terror. Well, there you go. There you go, Crowder, a Black Lives Matter activist marching, you know, uh, uh, engaging in a riot for Black Lives Matter is being charged with terroristic activity. That's enough for me. They're terrorists. Not every single one, but when you have terrorists in your group and you defend what they do and say it's reparations, looting is reparations or whatever, then uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what this AG is saying in Louisiana is it is going to get worse. It is, it is. But do not fear because it will get better. The night is always darkest before the dawn. He says, Attorney General Jeff Landry believes that it, that it was it was inevitable that violent crime in the U.S. will get worse and warns that given the current state of affairs in cities across the country, the worst is yet to come. In a phone interview with Fox News, Landry, Landry said that while he has tried to, uh, to be tough on crime in his state, 
He realized years ago that in other parts of the country, there were signs that crime would reach epidemic levels. When I became attorney general back in 2016, one of the first things that we tackled was we took a very proactive fight against crime. I predicted four and five years ago that this country was headed towards an extreme violent crime outbreak, that it was going to become an epidemic. With homicide and gun violence on the rise in cities across the country, Landry said he is not surprised. I called that. And this thing is something that's been building and has only been heightened by this particular lawlessness. I do believe that there's a tipping point that's coming in this country because I believe that every violent crime creates an exponential number of victims. Pushes to overhaul law enforcement across the country by stripping police department of funds will not help the matters either, according to Landry, who is a Republican. I can tell you that defunding the police is certainly not an answer. It's kind of crazy. The other night I had Brandon Strzok of Walk Away on the IRL podcast, and he said three months ago, if you went to someone and said, my political platform is to defund the police and strip them of resources, people would laugh. I'm paraphrasing because I actually laughed. And he says, exactly. People would have that reaction. He's right. <laughs> it's absurd. Now crime is skyrocketing. Terrorists are, 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 are romping through the streets, normalizing extremist behavior, violence, vandalism, fights with police every night for 86 nights. Crime is skyrocketing. And I kid you not, you actually have a large portion at the very least of the Democratic Party advocating for not just defunding the police, but outright abolishing them with a New York Times op-ed, which reads, yes, we mean abolish the police. They've done it in Minneapolis. They outright disbanded their police department and crime is on the rise. And that's where these stories come together. When you have extremists going out for 86 nights, when you have them attacking the police and the local news just thinks it's not worth covering anymore, or, or they don't get to it the way they used to. Because look, like, I'm going to say it again. Maybe they will cover this. Okay, maybe. It used to be that I'd wake up and I'd check the local outlets to see what they were saying. They don't have it. They're like, oh, they're talking about COVID. When the normalization happens, that means you can expect in your neighborhood. I don't, I don't care where you are. I said this. I don't care where you are. They will eventually show up. Now, to be fair, These cities are very, very big. I think Portland's like 145 square miles. So I'm not necessarily saying they will make it to your house guaranteed. But it's like it's like buying a lottery ticket for destruction. If there is a 1% chance that, you know, let's let's say you buy a lottery ticket and you got a 1% chance of, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, losing $100. Would you buy it? You'd be like, I'll buy the ticket for a dollar. I don't lose money. I guess a good chance. The point I'm making is, you need to start taking care of yourself and, and, and preparing for the worst. You've got this AG saying he thinks things are going to get a lot worse before they get better. This shouldn't necessarily be bad news because on the other side of this hill is going to be, you know, we're staring down at the fire and we can see just how bad it is. But on the other side, you've got the FBI, you've got law enforcement, and they're running towards us with the fire hose. That's the point. That's why I highlighted the fact that they are starting to look for these people and they're actually going to start arresting them, that many of these people are being charged with with various crimes, some even with terrorism, because we you are not just trapped in a building and the end is not coming. The fire will get worse, but we can see the people rushing in to try and stop it. However, I'm really worried about what happens if Biden wins, because you will not have the FBI anymore seeking to stop these people. You won't. Look, these riots started under Biden as part of the Obama administration. Black Lives Matter riots, Ferguson, Baltimore, Milwaukee, all of it was under Joe Biden. If he wins 
And that's that's why I've become a very single issue voter. The riots, the extremism, the violence. Trump has tweeted out today. I think it was today or last night. We can do this. We can send in law enforcement. Just ask. We will help. I think if Trump wins, he will be untethered and he will say, now it's time to end this. I don't know if he if he should do it. I'm not saying he should. I think it's up to the governors to accept you need federal help. Lori Lightfoot won't do it. Mayor allies stymie effort to call in National Guard. Wow. Mayor Lori Lightfoot has had called the effort by four city aldermen grandstanding. Chicago, heck of a place. You can have mass looting. They can raise the bridges up for they raise the bridges around downtown, uh, cutting off the north side. That there, there were there were there were uh, Black Lives Matter activists outraged about this, saying it's it's really difficult now to even get through because they barricade off certain exits. And she's like, they're protecting the white neighborhoods. Chicago, man, it's getting bad. So here's what I think will happen. I think the feds are working right now, but that's under Donald Trump. Joe Biden, when he was with Obama, they didn't do anything to stop this. I think if Joe Biden wins, he's going to start doing exactly what these other Democrats are already doing. And Black Lives Matter, they are telling us that is true. In fact, there was a, a Facebook post where someone said it's easier to overthrow a pathetic old man than it is someone like Donald Trump. They're, they're literally saying that Joe Biden is so weak, they will do whatever they want if he wins. And Biden will do exactly what they're doing in Chicago, exactly what they're doing in Oregon. I hate to say it, man, but that's that's just a fact. And it's and it's just it's so annoying. You go to Reddit, you go to these websites and they're like, Biden and Harris is the safe choice. They're they're starting fires and they're showing up to people's homes. They, they, they are bringing out weapons, guns, Molotovs. They're being charged with terrorism because that's what they're trying to do. They're shaking down local businesses. We need we need stronger leaders who can just say the good, innocent, working people of this country must be protected from violent extremists. And they're not doing it. And Joe Biden certainly won't. Right now, we have an opportunity to ask Donald Trump to deploy feds to actually stop the extremism. He won't do it. Not unless he's given the OK by these local leaders. They won't do it either. If Joe Biden gets elected, that option's off the table. And now it's just chaos. So as long as these Democrats run their cities like they're despotic lunatics, then I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrified about what happens if someone like Joe Biden, who clearly does not have the cognitive capabilities to be president, gets elected. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Defunding the police was an obvious mistake, and most of us know this. For those of you that watch my content, you probably know this. I'm only hoping that stories like this will help people realize why defund the police is wrong. If anything, we need more funding for proper training. New York is being turned into a shooting gallery as three are killed and 12 are injured in shootings in just one night as cops release horrifying footage of broad daylight drive-by that killed an 18-year-old. And the weekend is just about to start. Bill de Blasio is using taxpayer money to paint messages, political slogans. He's using the police to protect a painting. Let me just stress that point for those who may have missed it if you don't watch all of my videos. They used 27 NYPD to guard de Blasio's painting for which he illegally took taxpayer money to paint on the street. And I want to show you something personal, a more personal story, I should say. Husband is left paralyzed after being hit by stray bullet when he insisted on walking to the store with his new wife to hold her umbrella in gentrified Brooklyn as gun violence in NYC spirals out of control. 
give you a warning on this story, man. This one's nightmarish. And I actually have, I, I saw this story. I started looking into, I started doing general research and I found I actually have mutual friends with the individual. Walking to the store to buy toothpaste, a normal day in Brooklyn, wanted to hold the umbrella for his wife. And then someone pulled up, was trying to kill someone else, and he got hit with a stray bullet. And all of a sudden, he couldn't feel his legs. I've, I, I think about these stories, you know, where there's that one moment where you could have made a different decision. Apparently, his wife said, you don't need to come with me. You don't need, I'm just going to buy tooth, toothpaste. And he said, no, I'll come. I'll hold the umbrella for you. If he just said, okay, he would still be walking. He wouldn't have been lying on the ground in, his, in a pool of his own blood. It's, it's a horrifying story. But this is a perfect example of why you need to either get out of these cities and or vote out people like Bill de Blasio, a man who is giving his wife a $2 million staff from the, from the New York City coffers and threatening to fire emergency medical service. Think about it. What happens when he lays off 10% of the EMTs? They wouldn't be here for a person like this. But worse still, New York got rid of their 600 officer anti-crime unit. Maybe they could have stopped this from happening. I'm going to read you this story. And I want to talk about what's going out to Blasio, New York and Trump. You see, Trump has offered to send in the National Guard and feds over and over again. He's now offering Portland assistance if they only ask. But these Democrats, they won't. So I'll tell you what, if these people will not be voting out the likes of de Blasio, Cuomo, and these other Democrats, then you need to leave these cities and let this story be a warning. Now, to be fair, I want to make sure I highlight stories like this probably happen all the time. And while shootings are up significantly, and so is crime, and these cities are crumbling, I don't want to overhype this. You know, look, it's possible that we, there are stories like this in every major city we just don't pay attention to, and we're only focused on it now because of the crisis. But suffice it to say, there is a crisis in New York City, and perhaps this could have been prevented. The increase in shootings absolutely could be prevented, and so saith the activists who actually live in the black communities of New York who are saying, give us back our police. But the white progressive racists, these white fragility racists, are saying, no, we don't want you to have police. And this is what happens. The Daily Mail says, an innocent bystander who was shot in broad daylight in Brooklyn on Wednesday will likely never walk again after a bullet struck his spine while he walked with his wife to buy toothpaste from a nearby store. Such an innocuous thing to do. Such irrelevant. He wasn't going on some grand journey. He wasn't running through a battlefield to save a child. He wasn't storming into a burning building. No, he was going out for toothpaste. And this is de Blasio's New York. The tragic shooting is one of several incident, incidents of gun violence in New York City, where homicides surged by 29% to 244 from January 1st to August 2nd from the same period last year. The five boroughs have also seen an 84.6% rise in shooting victims to 1,017 during those dates compared with the same period in 2019, according to the Wall Street Journal. Sam Metcalf, 33, survived the shooting while an 18-year-old man, Malcolm Amide, died near the intersection of Ocean and Woodruff Avenues in Flatbush, just south of Prospect Park. Amide, a suspected gang member, was believed to be the shooter's intended target. A GoFundMe account started to help Metcalf and his wife Sabrina describe how the tragic events unfolded. 
Let me tell you something. I've got the GoFundMe pulled up. And there was one comment in there that I started to read. And I thought to myself, this person gets it. And then all of a sudden they do a 180. They were ragging on the mayor and saying he's he's terrible. And this city has been gentrified. And wait, 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 what? Are you kidding me? The gent- Are you nuts? The gentrification is not what's causing the shootings. That's insane. These people just don't get it, do they? Let this story be a warning. Man, I, I, I mean it. My heart goes out to, th- to this newly married couple and this dude. I would not wish something like, like, like that on my worst enemies. This guy may very well be paraly- paralyzed for, for the rest of his life. But there are still people stupid enough to think that the, the problem is this dumb far left. No, 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 no. It, it was the defunding of the police which led to this. Here's a photo. NYPD released this shocking footage from the shooting on Wednesday. They say on Wednesday, August 19th, 2020, Sabrina and her husband, Sam, left their Brooklyn apartment to go to the store and get some toothpaste. The organizer of the crowdfunding effort, Krista Zargoski, wrote, she told him he didn't need to come, but he wanted to hold the umbrella for her because it was raining and the umbrella was broken. While crossing an intersection less than five minutes from their building, shots rang out and Sam was hit. The intended victim was not Sam. Uh, the, the intended victim, not Sam, was also shot multiple times and died as, as a result. Zagorski continued, almost immediately, Sam couldn't feel his legs. We now know that the bullet hit his kidney and stopped when it hit his spine. They removed his kidney, but his condition is too fragile to attempt to remove the bullet just yet. Doctors are still trying to stop b- the bleeding, and Sam will likely never walk again. This is just a guy walking down the street. I know it's, it's extremely rare, but it could be you. This is why we have police patrolling neighborhoods. It's why we have police arrest criminals. It's why we put them in jail to stop them from doing it again. Now, I, for one, am more of a fan of rehabilitative justice, not punitive, meaning we've, we've got to take these people off the street for one, to stop the crimes and two, to make sure it doesn't happen again by rehabilitating them. Sometimes it doesn't work. That's true. But releasing people from prisons, defunding the police, amazing. It's the exact opposite of what we need. need. Here's a photo of the actual victim. And I feel for this guy, too. I don't want to see anybody lose their life. I don't care if they're a suspected gang member. This guy died. And this is Bill de Blasio's New York. He stripped a billion dollars from the police. He took away the anti-crime unit. Activists in these communities are begging for them back. Five people have been shot near the intersection in the last week, according to Zagorski. Three of those who have been shot were killed. Sam and Sabrina have a long road ahead of them, she writes. Medical expenses will come later, but right now I need help supporting them in any way possible. Neither are working as Sam fights for his life and she keeps vigil over him. The good news is their GoFundMe has raised a ton of money, but I'll tell you, not everybody has the means to actually escape New York. And some people don't like it when I say New York is going to devolve into chaos and it's going to be like escape from New York. They don't like it. It's, it's not meant to be a, a literal statement. It's meant to be an exaggerated statement to make a point. This is the point. Now you have a dude who died, an 18 year old died, shot in broad daylight. And another man is now paralyzed. And I got more stories, man. This is not the only one. New York City is seeing a surge in shootings because they took the cops away. And, 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 and it's obvious. It should be obvious to anybody. They say neither are working as Sam fights for his life. I know I read that. But the point is, yes, Bill de Blasio has shut this city down. 
And now they don't have the money they need to actually pay for this. They need help. I'm glad they're getting the help they need. His journey to recovery will be long. And during that time, I don't want either of them to have to worry about anything else. And I agree 100%. The GoFundMe campaign campaign has exceeded its goal of $40,000 as of early Saturday, raising 42,150. I believe it's a little bit more than that. Thank you, Zagorski wrote. I cannot tell you how much your support means. It's a testament to how loved Sam and Sabrina are and how truly incredible people can be. Amide was fatally shot in the chest and arms, according to the New York Post. Law enforcement sources believe he is a member of the Crips and that the shooting was related to gang warfare. Surveillance footage released from the scene on Friday shows an unidentified gunman aiming a gun from the driver's seat of the BMW SUV just before 3.30 p.m. Now, I, I know the framing of this is about the man who was sh- uh, uh, the innocent bystander who was paralyzed because of this. And there's a reason why I focus on that framing, but I will absolutely say this story is also about this 18-year-old who was gunned down in broad daylight, 100%. That, that could be any one of us as well. But to be fair, a suspected gang member and the target of a hit is very different from an innocent bystander. Both of, both of these instances are extreme tragedies. Both of them should be the focus of this. And I will not impugn the honor of this man who lost his life under the, under the suspicion he was in a gang. But I highlight the innocent bystander purposefully to say, it could be you doing nothing, minding your own business, walking down the street and someone just starts firing a weapon. Now you're paralyzed for the rest of your life or worse, dead. And it could be your loved ones. They post a bunch of photos of them together. They say video from the scene shows the aftermath of the shooting. Bystanders are seen tending to Metcalf and assuring him he was going to be okay. Cops found a gun at the scene that may have been dropped by one of the victims. This neighborhood is becoming a shooting gallery. Why won't it stop? One resident asked AM New York. It comes as the city endures a summer of soaring violent crime, heat waves, high unemployment, and the grinding misery of social distancing restrictions have all contributed to an atmosphere in which tempers spin out of control and verbal disputes between strangers often turn violent. Well, this guy was just walking down the street, but I want to show you something that offended me. Over the GoFundMe, they've raised $45,166 of a $40,000 goal. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear it. I really do wish these people the best. And I'm really, really uh, upset at even the 18 year old, you know, uh, especially the 18 year old losing his life. Man, I I oppose the death penalty. I don't want to see anybody getting hurt. I want to see us finding a solution to these problems. But the problem isn't this ridiculous bail reform they started before all this COVID stuff, bail reform. We're just going to release people. They go out and they commit crimes over and over and over again. I look, I say it all the time. I'm pro freedom freedom over security, which means if somebody is arrested, then they have a right to be free unless you can prove it. And so what the the, that was the idea. But I don't think just ending it overnight was the solution. I believe a trial period was warranted. And then they found many and they found recidivism. Many of these people were just getting out and they were going going and committing crimes again. They got and, and following this, it is shocking to me that they would then go and defund the police. It's all just one big game to them. They want power and they will sacrifice you to get it. Well, I want to show you some of these comments. Here's one. Let me just read this. I'm another Sam, 33 from NYC, but now I'm in Tokyo and browsing Facebook. And I see another Sam still in my city getting randomly shot just for wanting to walk somewhere with his wife. The city has changed so much since the last time I was there. The mayor is an effing idiot and the whole city has been gentrified to no return. What? What is that? Why are you complaining about that? 
They insist on pushing. Many of these people will just not let go of the narrative. It's not a big donation, but I want you to know that I don't know you and never met you, but I love you, dude. Remember, it's like this. Uh, insert favorite role model once said, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. You still have your whole life to lead, and at least you still have your senses, a beautiful, loving wife, and the love and support from people all over the world rooting for you. This is not the end, only the beginning. Stay tough, yo. You got this. I appreciate the positive message, 100%. I'm not trying to drag this individual who's trying to be helpful, giving us donation. But you're right. The mayor is an effing idiot. But what does the city being gentrified have to do with this? This is part of the problem, in, in my opinion. Bill de Blasio has no plan for a return to indoor dining. He has defunded the police. He is locking the city down. He will not let people lead normal lives. And people are suffering under this. So yes, the mayor is an effing idiot. But gentrification is not a bad thing. It is not necessary. It, it is not all good. It, it does drive many people out of their communities. I get it. But businesses coming in and bringing in new jobs and revitalizing a neighborhood is not a bad thing. What's the alternative? Decaying streets, collapsing buildings and violent crime? I guess so. I guess so. Look, man, Trump has repeatedly offered to send in feds to end all of this, and they won't accept it. Think about this. You want to defund the police? Maybe you can't afford the police. Take the federal officers. Trump has offered it up. Chicago says no. New York says no. Portland says no. 86 consecutive nights of unrest. And now the feds are back out on the streets of of Portland. The story about this individual being paralyzed is not the only one. They, they actually have another article here in the Daily Mail. It talks about essentially the same story, but it gives us a play by play of some of these other shootings. This is crazy. Look at this. They say, let, let, let me actually give you some context. The, uh, I don't even know what the first story there. Uh, gee, my, my wow. There's just too many of these. Three people are dead and 12 wounded after a night of shooting mayhem across New York City, where crime surges out of control. Overnight Thursday into Friday morning, there were at least 11 separate shootings in shooting incidents spanning Brooklyn and the Bronx, where terrified residents have have seen soaring violence. It follows the release of surveillance footage. This, this we know about. I, I just mentioned they say two other fatal shootings took place at East Tremont Avenue, a neighborhood uh, of the Bronx, a few hours apart. At around 2 a.m., a gunman opened fire in an apparent drive by, striking three victim, victims, killing one of them. The deceased victim, a 60 year old man was shot in the torso and pronounced dead at St. Barnabas Hospital. Two others, 36 and 54, hospitalized in stable condition. Then just two hours later at 4.20 a.m., a 44-year-old man was fatally shot in the back of the head. Wow. As, as well, shortly before noon on Friday, an innocent bystander was shot and wounded in the ankle while she was sitting inside a Brooklyn nail salon. Incredible. I mean, not in a good way. It's just, it's just insane. The 68-year-old woman was in the salon at, on Pitkin Avenue when shots rang out. She, went to hit, she was taken to the hospital. Suspects described as two men wearing all black and face masks fled the scene and are still at large. The other non-fatal shootings across the city. Brooklyn, 1049 a.m., confirmed shots. Brooklyn, 1233 a.m., confirmed shots. Brooklyn, 1256, one shot, female victim. Brooklyn, 115 a.m., two shot, 52-year-old man in the arm. 23-year-old woman, 155 a.m. in the Bronx, two shot. Bronx, 228 a.m., confirmed shots fired. Brooklyn, 315, one shot. Brooklyn, 3.30, one shot. It goes on and on and on. I wonder, man, look, 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 so look at this chart. In 2019, there were 776 shootings. In 2015, there were 1,138 for the total year. 2020 so far surpasses the past three years and is on track to be the worst we have seen in a very long time. 
Who in their right mind would decide now is the time to get rid of your anti-crime unit? Somebody who doesn't care or is lying. You see, New York City is facing a major budget shortfall, and that's why I highlighted Bill de Blasio having no plan for indoor dining. I know it may seem like they're unrelated, but the fact is they have no money. There are no tourists. The tax base is being eroded, and it's because of people like Bill de Blasio who get elected, don't know how to run the city, and don't care about what happens to it. I understand it's potentially a rock in a hard place with COVID, but I think if he paid attention and actually tracked the numbers, he could do a good job. And I think the fact that his wife has a $2 million staff, one person filming her bake cookies, I think that proves he has no good intentions. He is just milking the system and watching people take the brunt of the chaos. There's a lot of articles. There was one article that said New York City is dead. I read it a couple days ago, talking about how the city will not come back from this. A bunch of leftists started sharing this meme. It was a tweet from some guy, some leftist who said, New York City's not dead. It's only dead to the rich people who can't have underpaid labor serve their every whim. And they're all clapping and saying, woo, yeah, you tell them, you know what's up. That's right. No, it's dead for these people, too. You know why? Because now a man likely will never walk again. So is it is it any any reason? Uh, I'm sorry. Is it any surprise that the rich people or the people of means fled when they did? Look, you don't have to be rich to get out of the city. In my opinion, I would rather be sleeping on a park bench than living in New York, especially after we're seeing all this. Now, I, I, I get it. Look, 827 shootings to the millions of people who are still there. I mean, it's, it's the millions, it's millions upon millions for sure. It's, it's not like it's great odds it'll happen to you, but it's a lottery ticket that you can buy. Instead of being rich, you can't walk anymore. I get it. You always have that potential in a place like New York City but it's getting worse. It's, it's a 30% increase in the likelihood of happening. And at a certain point, I think it's just time to get out, not just because of the shootings, but because businesses are being shut down, because there's no jobs, because they, they, they have this mandatory quarantine, because they have you know $10,000 fines, because there's checkpoints at the borders, because the city is devolving into chaos, and your leader is a moron. The guy running the city is an absolute moron. If it were me, I'd just get up and leave. You know, I lived in Chicago, uh, this was maybe like 11 years ago. And I, I had no plan. I just said, I'm getting out of this. And now this was more about just boredom, I guess. I found an ad on Craigslist. They said, I need someone. I need some help driving a car to San Diego from Chicago. And I said, I'll drive it. I had very little money. I ended up in Los Angeles with no plan, very little cash and just a backpack. I had no idea where I was going to go. And I was lucky enough to not actually spend a single night outside met some crazy hippies. They helped me out. And I was lucky. I was lucky for sure. But I was willing to just pack up and leave. If I was facing an actual threat like this, if I, w- if I was in, still in New York, I'd just pack up and go. I'd stay in my, I'd stay in my car. I would do whatever. I, that's just me. Some people have families. But I look at the story of the guy who's paralyzed and he's just, he's, he's a younger guy, he, you know, with his wife and he chose to stay. And I wonder, you know, it's one of these stories I, I, where it's, it's, it, this is more of a philosophical thing, you know, issue where there's that one moment, that fork in the road, and you don't know what lies ahead and you don't realize that one moment. I've been skateboarding and this is why I think about this and I'll, I'll go for a trick and I'll sprain my ankle. It rarely ever happens where you get a sprained ankle. You know, mo- most skateboarders know how to fall, but sometimes it does. And then I sit there thinking if I just waited literally two seconds before trying this, would that have changed 
everything before me. Imagine this man in his apartment and his wife said, you don't have to come buy the toothpaste with me. And he says, I'll hold the umbrella for you. If he just took one extra second to reconsider, the bullet may have not hit his spine. Isn't that crazy? And I'm just bringing this up because you could go back way further to when the city was heading into chaos. And now you in New York City or anywhere else or any any one of these cities, L.A. or SF, and you have a choice right now, you can leave. And if you don't, I believe there is a higher likelihood of risk, especially going into the election. I don't think that the next few months are going to be pleasant for people in cities. And that's why a lot of my friends are getting out. And that's why we're seeing stories like this. Mind you, I will I will stress the stress the point. There are millions in New York that are doing just fine. I mean, relatively fine, relatively fine. Still extreme social distancing, masks. People are not happy with what's going on. And it's a pressure cooker on the verge of exploding. You have the choice to go somewhere else. It may not be easy or comfortable, but man, if it were me, I would totally do it. I saw this story about this guy getting paralyzed. And I was like, that is, you know, just a nightmare scenario. He could have he could have just gotten on a bus and left with his wife to go somewhere safe. It's sad, man. I wish them the best. I really, really do. I really, really do. I, I wish everyone safe safety. The dude who died, especially him. I'm sad to hear that he lost his life. I don't care if he's in a gang. I don't care if they suspect him of a crime. You prove it to me and we'll have some consideration. You know, like like, listen, if you're in a gang and you're engaging in violence and someone comes after you, you have some responsibility here. But I'm not going to play that game. That dude should not have been killed all the same. I just I, I, I you know, I under, understand there's probably a bias here, but I highlight the guy getting paralyzed because he's going to live with this for the rest of his life. And, you know, I, I the other guy, he, he's gone, you know, his family is going to suffer, you know, endlessly through this. But I, I try to I, I guess the bias comes from the fact that the dude who's paralyzed is deemed an innocent bystander. And that's kind of the shocking idea here that you could be minding your own business one day in New York and then you'll never walk again. Maybe New York is fine. Maybe it's all exaggerated. I don't know. But if it were me, I'd leave. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash TimCast. It is a different channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. The fake news fact checkers are at it again, claiming Trump lied or gave false information or misleading information when, in fact, he just made a simple statement. And it's true. What the fact checkers do is they add external context that no one presented and then claim it's false. So the example I often give is like Donald Trump is seen eating an ice cream cone and they'll say, did Donald Trump really eat an ice cream cone with sprinkles? False. And at the very bottom, it'll say, well, Donald Trump did eat an ice cream cone. It didn't have sprinkles. Well, nobody said it had sprinkles. And that's exactly what we're seeing now. The DNC did not remove the phrase under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Snopes and PolitiFact confirm. Well, any human being who has Twitter can actually look it up and see that, yes, there were some instances where individuals at the DNC removed under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Trump said that they're claiming it's mostly false or straight up saying they didn't. This is a lie. It's a straight up lie. And this was a a, a what's happening moment. It's right here. Look at this. Twitter is putting it in my feed. The DNC did not remove the phrase fake news. First, let's take a look at what Donald Trump did say. Trump tweeted the Democrats. Let me pause. The Democrats took the word God out of the Pledge of Allegiance at the Democratic National Convention. At first, I thought they made a mistake, but it wasn't. It was done on purpose. 
Remember evangelical Christians and all. This is where they are coming from. It's done. Vote November 3rd. Did Donald Trump say that every instance in which they said the pledge, the the word God was removed? No. He said the Democrats, he didn't even see the DNC did this. He said the Democrats at the DNC. The Democrats took the word God out of the pledge. What does the Democrats mean? It's hard to know for sure. We're going to do an analysis, right? He's saying the Democrats took the word God out of the pledge. Did Did he say they did it 50 times, 17? No, he said they did it once. They actually did it twice. Isn't that funny? Let me show you what this Twitter moment says. What you need to know. The phrase under God was used during the recitation of the Pledge of Allegiance at the start of each night of the DNC, PolitiFact confirms. The phrase was omitted during at least two individual caucus meetings, though the DNC did not issue any guidelines forbidding the use of the phrase, Snopes confirmed. Who cares? Did Trump say the Democrats actually instructed people not to say under God? He didn't say that. He didn't say anything like that. He said that they removed it. They did. From some instances, this is the game. This is the game. Look at this. You've got Snopes. You've got Kyle Griffin. Trump is lying when he says the DNC removed under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. Snopes. On the national stage, the phrase under God was used during the recitation, blah, blah, blah. Trump's tweet is a lie. No, it isn't. And this has 22,000 retweets. This is the disgusting, dirty game they play. Trump did not say the DNC issued guidelines forbidding it. He said the Democrats did. They did. They literally did. Twice. Zach Stanton said, this is not true. Here's the video from the pledge at the convention on night one, night two, night three, night four. We then have PolitiFact. They say a former U.S. senatorial candidate said the Democratic National Convention omitted one nation under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. That's mostly false. Okay, this one maybe because they said one nation indivisible with liberty and justice for all. They all keep saying it, but let me let me show you the game. Here's Snopes. I love it. I love it. I'm being sarcastic, by the way. Did Democrats omit under God from the Pledge of Allegiance? The phrase under God is still regularly recited by members of the Democratic Party. So what? Did they remove it? Yes. Here's what they say. Mostly false. The Democratic National Convention omitted the phrase under God from the Pledge of Allegiance in 2020. It's 100% true. 100% true. Here's what's true. The phrase under God was omitted from at least two recitations of the Pledge of Allegiance at individual caucus meetings during the DNC in 2020. OK, what did Trump say? Democrats took the word God out of the Pledge of Allegiance at the Democratic National Convention. Oh, OK. OK, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Trump is wrong. He's technically wrong. OK, he's wrong. They did it twice. Yeah. See, Trump said they did it. But technically, I would say I'm going to rate this mostly false because, in fact, they did it twice. And Trump only said they did it which could imply they did it once. You see how stupid this game is? What's false? The DNC did not issue any guidelines forbidding the use of the phrase. Who said that? Did Donald Trump come out and say, can you believe the Democrats forbade people from saying this? Never happened. They made up fake context. They then added, that's exactly what I said with the, about the ice cream cone. You see, how the, you see how they do this? The DNC did not issue any guidelines forbidding the use of the phrase. On the national stage, the phrase under God was used during the recitation of the Pledge of Allegiance at the start of each night of the 2020 DNC. Trump didn't say at the start of the DNC, they omitted this. Trump didn't say the DNC had rules in place. They are lying. A rumor circulated on social media during the Democratic National Convention in August, alleging the DNC had had omitted the phrase under God from the Pledge of Allegiance. The following text also shown in the above displayed meme, for instance, was copied and pasted to multiple accounts on Facebook. 
The fact that the DNC omitted under God from the Pledge of Allegiance on a national platform should worry every believer. They did. They, they, they did. It's, it's so crazy, isn't it? They say the statement is, is misleading at best. The DNC did not omit under God from the pledge, nor that they forbid its use. No one, no one said that. In fact, during every recitation of the pledge before each night's events, they said it, we know. Here's a video. Yes, here's a video where they start the DNC and they said the pledge with under God. Here are links to videos of under God being said during the pledge. Political conventions are sprawling events, blah, blah, blah. On August 17th, for instance, the first day of the DNC, the Hispanic caucus, the labor council, blah, blah, blah. They say in the women's council, in at least two of these meetings of a smaller individual caucuses, the LGBTQ caucus meeting and the Muslim delegates assembly on August 18th, the phrase under God was omitted from the pledge. Confirmed true, 100%. And now there are some people who are saying, well, what Joe Biden then said about the very fine people hoax is also true. It's a dirty game they play. Joe Biden got smart. He used a semantic game to manipulate the very fine people in hoax. You may be familiar where Donald Trump said there were very fine people on both sides. And I am not talking about the neo-Nazis because they should be condemned totally. Joe Biden said, I want you to remember what those people looked like and what they were saying. And then I want you to remember what Donald Trump said about that night, that there were very fine people on both sides. The reason that's a lie is because he is tricking you by omitting information into making you believe Trump said that group was very fine people. He did not. He condemned them. But Joe Biden is a piece of human garbage and he's a coward who hides in his basement. And he's got the media doing everything in their power to prop him up. Yeah, well, PolitiFact is trash and they play the same game. To be fair, They didn't remove one nation under God. They removed under God because they said one nation indivisible. So sure, fine. But take a look at this. The amount of propping up we are seeing with Weekend at Biden's is is just it's hilarious. Joe Biden's mysteriously disappearing dislikes on YouTube. The number of DNC convention dislikes on video streams dropped Friday below where they stood Thursday, causing suspicion YouTube might be suppressing negative engagement for Biden. What they might be doing is banning accounts, accusing them of being bots. And then when the account gets banned, the like disappears with it. I'm not entirely sure, but I'm just pointing out Joe Biden can do whatever he wants. He's not answering questions to the press and the journalists gleefully run out like little. It's just it's disgusting. You see the video from yesterday. Joe Biden was giving a speech and afterwards they told all the morons, these these pathetic, disgusting, fake news journalists, you're going to miss the fireworks unless you run outside and they all go Ooh, and they all run out like little morons. Meanwhile, a major political candidate does not have to answer any questions because the coward hides and the journalists are in on it. They love it. Got to go run out and make sure we get to see the fireworks, the fireworks outside. Oh, there was nobody even there. It was the stupidest thing ever, but it was the perfect trick. These fake news reporters at PolitiFact and Snopes are are lying to protect the Democratic Party. And it's what they do. Not every single journalist, but too many of them. The rest of them are really dumb. Dumb as a box of rocks. You can have a virtual convention and they announce a fireworks show for which there is no audience. And the journalists are so dumb, they run out and go watch the fireworks. Talk about pathetic. Now, I can't tell you what's happening with YouTube or Google, but I'm just pointing out they are propping this guy up. Now it's, it, you know, he's being accused of, of, of plagiarism, which we'll, we'll, I'm going to do a whole other segment on this because it's just I've, I've had enough. 
of, of Joe Biden, of the Democrats, of the constant lies. Look at this one. New Democrats leave out under God from the Pledge of Allegiance in the Muslim caucus meeting this week. And that's what Trump sees. And he tweets about it. And it's true. The phrase under God was omitted from at least two recitations. We know it. So why are all these journalists coming out and adding fake context? It's 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 the manipulation. I need to set up a fact checking site to fact check the fact checkers. And I would just simply put point to me where in Donald Trump's tweet, he says that they remove the word God from every pledge and they ordered people to remove the word, the phrase under God. It's just not real life. But many people are going to see this and they're going to say, ha Trump's a liar. They're going to add this to the list of all the things they claim Trump lied about. And it's just not true. It is a trick to manipulate people into uh, to either to protect, protect the Democrats or to support Joe Biden or to hate Donald Trump, whatever, man. I'm just I'm just fed up. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes. Yeah, it's just going to be all about the Democrats, because now Joe Biden's being accused of plagiarism. And it looks legit of himself and others. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. I am absolutely convinced the Democrats don't expect to win and they are just phoning it in. Joe Biden is now being accused of plagiarism of others and himself. I want to start by showing you this real quick clip of Joe Biden. This is tweeted out by PowerTie, and they say this is unbelievable. The exact same speech. Check it out. Story. Senator Kamala Harris. She's a powerful voice in this nation. Her story is the American story. That work is more than a paycheck. It's dignity. A job is about a lot more than a paycheck. It's about your dignity. It's respect. It's about whether or not you can look your child in the eye and say, we're going to be all right. It's about respect. It's about your place in the community. It's about being able to look your kid in the eye and say, honey, it's going to be okay and mean it. My dad, my dad who fell on hard times. You know, my dad was an honorable, decent man. He got knocked down a few times pretty hard. Always told me, though, champ, when you get knocked down, get up, get up. But he always got back up. He worked hard and he built a great middle class life for our family. And why he'll make college more affordable. That's the change we need. And where cost doesn't prevent young people from going to college and student debt doesn't crush them. You get the point. The point is Joe Biden doesn't actually have anything to say. He doesn't have anything new to say. They're not hiring speechwriters. They're not writing a new speech. They quite literally just took Joe Biden's old speech from like 12 years ago or eight years ago or whenever and just regurgitated it. That's what Joe Biden is. He is a plagiarist. And this says to me more than anything, the Democrats absolutely have no intention of winning. Take a look at this story from the National Post. Joe Biden accused of plagiarizing from Jack Layton's final letter in nomination speech. Social media was quick to point out that the words were eerily similar to ones found in a letter Layton wrote before he died in 2011. They say Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, a man not unaccustomed to allegations of plagiarism, is now being accused of copying the words of former new Democratic Party leader Jack Layton. At a speech at the Democratic National Convention on Thursday, Biden's final address included the lines for love is more powerful than hate. Hope is more powerful than fear. And light is more powerful than dark. Social media was quick to point out that the words were eerily similar to ones found in a letter Leighton wrote before he died in 2011. My friends, love is better than anger, said Leighton in his letter. Hope is better than fear. Optimism is better than despair. Biden's remarks were made two days before the ninth anniversary of Leighton's death. Sophia Banks, a plant-based chef, tweeted that she was disappointed Biden copied Leighton's comments. Jack Layton is trending, tweeted Banks, one of Canada's most beloved politicians, and Biden butchers his dying words left to us. Do you remember when Joe Biden was accused of stealing? I think it was uh, an Irish politician. He was accused, and this is decades ago, of plagiarizing other politicians. 
Right now, the Democrats are talking about an existential crisis. Ocasio-Cortez in a video said this is quite literally about stopping fascism. And then she laughs. I don't think they care. I don't think AOC cares. I don't think Joe Biden cares. I don't think Kamala Harris cares. I don't think any of them care about what's happening in 2020. I think we are witnessing some kind of creepy game where they know they've lost. And so their path to victory has nothing to do with Joe Biden. It has to do with hating Donald Trump and jamming up the game. You take a look at what's going on with mail-in voting and all the problems. You take a look at Patterson, New Jersey, where a judge has ordered a a brand new election because the whole thing was broken. You take a look now, and this is amazing. Anthony Fauci, as many of you know, said we can vote in person. Dr. Deborah Birx has now said voting in person should be just like going to Starbucks. So why the creepy games? Why the dirty games? And why the plagiarism? I think it says one of two things. Joe Biden and the Democrats and Kamala are literally doing the least amount of effort possible because they don't want to win. They don't expect to win. And so instead of hiring a speechwriter to actually put something together, they just recycle Joe Biden's old speech. Maybe it's because Joe Biden doesn't have the cognitive ability to. Okay, I'll be fair. I'll add another one. Maybe what we're seeing is that Joe Biden, they tried. Maybe maybe they tried to write him a speech and he couldn't do it. So he said, listen, I'll just do the speech I remember, the one from way back when. We'll just redo that one. I don't believe it because I'd be surprised. You know, a lot of people are saying this. I'd be surprised if Joe Biden could remember a speech from that long ago. No, I think they just said, you know, write it back up, grab something from some other guy in Canada, slop it together. It'll cost us five bucks and we're phoning it in. The other alternative, uh, I guess the, the only alternative to that is that they're planning on cheating. The, the, the mail-in vote thing is all busted. They're going to try and jam up the election so that Donald Trump can't win by the, by the deadline. The Supreme Court may intervene in the Electoral College on December 14th. And if by January 20th, there's no results, Nancy Pelosi, assuming her election goes through, will become the president. That's uh, the, the National Post goes on to say, Sandy Hudson, an activist with Black Lives Matter, tweeted Biden's speech reminded her of Layton. So very, very Jack Layton, tweeted Hudson. However, the sentiments Leighton made also channel lines from a speech of former Prime Minister Wilford Laurier in 1916. Let me tell you that for the solution of these problems, you have a safe guide, an unfailing light. If you remember that faith is better than doubt and love is better than hate, said Laurier. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit different. But listen, we all get inspired by other people. But I think what we're seeing with with Joe Biden is a history of plagiarism, a history of failure. And now he's plagiarizing even himself. So what's the end game for Democrats here? Do they know they're going to lose? And so they're choosing politicians that they don't they, they, they don't care about. Joe Biden's on the way out. So they're like, instead of wasting a Buttigieg or a, or, or a Warren, we'll throw in a Joe Biden. I, I'm sorry, I guess Warren's out too. A Klobuchar. We don't want to wait in a Klobuchar's B tier. Laurier's speech was meant to promote unity among Canadians during World War One and build connections between English and French Canadians. Biden has been accused of plagiarism in the past. Most famously, he plagiarized a speech in 1987 from former British Labour Party leader Neil Kinnock. That's the guy I was talking about. Kinnock's speech said, why am I the first Kinnock in a thousand generations to be able to get to to university? Why is Glennis, his wife, the first woman in her family in a thousand generations to be able to get to university? Was it because all our predecessors were thick? Biden's speech said, I started thinking as I was coming over here. Why is it that that Joe Biden is the first in his family ever to go to a university? Why is it that my wife, who is sitting out there in the, in the audience, is the first in her family to ever go to college? Is it because our fathers and mothers were not bright? The incident 
is believed to have harmed Biden's chance of be- at becoming the Democratic nominee for president in 88. In the past, Biden has called himself a gaffe machine. He said in 2007 that then Illinois Senator Barack Obama was the first mainstream African-American who was articulate and bright and clean and nice looking guy. That wasn't a gaffe. That's Joe Biden being racist. They are phoning this in. They don't care about Joe Biden. He is the worst candidate. He came in fourth and fifth in, in what? Uh, New Hampshire and Iowa, I think it was. He also had to revise a comment he made in 2007 when he said he was shot at uh, in the green zone during a trip to Iraq. Iraq. His 2020 presidential campaign has already been filled with missteps. He confused New Hampshire with Vermont during a campaign stop in 2019. He said in February that he was a Democratic candidate for the U.S. Senate when he was running for, for president. Worse than that, during the speech, he said that he was running for the U.S. Senate. And if you don't like him, then vote for the other Biden. Yeah, seriously, vote for the other Biden. What, what do you mean the other Biden? Is your son running? No, maybe maybe it's that he's demented. OK, and I mean that in a literal sense, maybe that his brain isn't working or perhaps he's not really running for office. Has anyone considered that? I said it a while ago during the primary. I didn't think Joe Biden was actually running. When you combine his gaffes with his plagiarizing, many might say it's because he's not all there anymore. And considering his age, okay, maybe. Or maybe the gaffes are because he doesn't want to be there. And they're like, you got to give a 20. Imagine this. His speech was 20 minutes long. Okay, maybe it's because he's not all with it. Or maybe it's because he doesn't want to be there. Maybe he won't answer questions from the press because he doesn't want to be there. Maybe they're not forcing him to do this. Maybe the reason people, you know, people are saying, when are they, when are they going to, when are they going to call out the elder abuse? Maybe it's not about elder abuse. It's about Biden being like, they go to him and say, listen, we need a placeholder candidate because we know we're going to lose and, and, and we don't want to waste anybody. So Biden goes, all right, all right, I'll do it, I guess. Uh, do I, I got to give a speech? Yeah, it's about an hour. Oof. I don't want to do an hour. I'll do 20 minutes. Okay. And I'm just, just, just give me the speech I gave back in 08 or whatever. The fact that they gave him his speech from back in 08 and he just re- redid it says to me, it's not about him having brain problems. It's about him not wanting to actually be there. That's what I said in the primaries. I said, why is Biden hiding? He's maybe Joe Biden isn't hiding. Maybe he's just lazy. There's no reason to actually come out and speak to people when you don't want to be president and you're just a placeholder for the Democrats because they know they would lose no matter what. They have no strong candidates. So he plagiarizes all that he can. He speaks very little. He hides in the basement. And it could be because he's a gaffe machine, but I don't think so. He has no policies. The DNC had no policies and he's hiding. Why? None of them want to do it. Why is he not going to Milwaukee? Because he doesn't want to do the job. There it is, man. I'm, a, I'm sorry. This is my new, my new conspiracy theory. I'm, I'm, I'm half kidding. Joe Biden doesn't want to get elected. He doesn't want to run. He doesn't want to be president. But they needed somebody that made sense. And when Barack Obama said, Joe, you don't need to do this, he wasn't saying run for president. He meant you don't need to be our placeholder candidate because we know Trump is going to win. How about that? In the end, Joe Biden will probably lose. Everyone will cheer. Trump will win. The Democrats will cry foul, accuse Trump of cheating. And Biden will go back to sleep sitting in his rocking chair in the sun. It's that simple. At the very least, we can say this. He's a plagiarist and he's a bad guy, but I'll leave it there. I got one more segment coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I will see you all shortly. We've seen the prank before, but this time it's a bit more serious. Why? 
Kamala Harris is running for president. Now, there's a lot to break down, but here's the gist of it. Kamala Harris is pranked by Russian hoaxers who pose as climate activist Greta Thunberg and her father and offer Biden's VP pick dirt on Trump. This is the, that's the gist of the story. OK, it's very simple. However, in the in the transcript, you actually hear these pranksters say they have dirt on Donald Trump where he was yelling at at Greta Thunberg and they have a recording of it. And com- and they asked Kamala Harris if she would want it because it could help her. And she says, yes, she does. And then she says, my my people will work with you. Here's the first thing to consider. They've done this prank to many other people. We are assuming the audio is not manipulated. Maybe it is. I don't know. It's a funny prank. Ha ha ha. No, I, I mean it. This is more serious, however, because Kamala is running against Trump as the VP. But this may actually be something that was recorded way before she was she was actually the VP pick. And it may not be that. that look, if you were going to argue that right now as the VP, she was trying to get dirt on President Trump, it makes her look really, really bad. If you want to argue that she was running and she didn't know if she was going to be the nominee and she still wanted you know dirt on Trump, it still looks bad, but not nearly as bad. They, they likely held this audio because this prank is identical to a prank they did on other politicians you know, several, several months ago or, or, or more. Let, let's read the story and then I'll show you the transcript. They say two Russian pranksters reportedly posed as Swedish environmentalist Greta Thunberg and her dad during a phone call with vice presidential candidate Senator Kamala Harris and offered her damaging information about Trump. It may be a funny prank, but you have a, a vice presidential candidate accepting, saying she would accept dirt from foreigners against an American running for office. And it's not a government. I understand it's a different. It's different between, you know, these other accusations against Trump. Audio of the January phone call, which was obtained by The Sun, indicates that Harris had no idea that she was being duped by the two jokesters, Vladimir Kuznetsov and Alexei uh, Stolyarov. OK, so it, so it does sound it, it came from January. During the three and a half minute call, Harris, the California senator who was just uh, weeks earlier dropped out of the race for the Democratic nomination for president, is heard accepting the call from Greta. Congratulations on all your leadership, Harris tells the pranksters. Oh, here's the transcript. OK, so I'm only going to read you the most important parts. First, staffer says, Savante, I have you here with Senator Kamala Harris. Kamala says, hi. She says, congratulations. Greta says, it would be great to support your campaign. What can I do? She says, talk about my climate plan. You know what uh, you know what I can do is I can ask my policy team to follow up with you in uh, with more detail on what exactly would be helpful and what is something uh, you would like to do. Then we can talk in more detail about how that can work. And that would be very helpful. Greta, fake Greta says, we wrote to many politicians, but not many respond. How sad. Kamala says, don't get discouraged, blah, blah, blah. She then says that, you know, Donald Trump was shouting, uh, you know, she says, I saw Trump and I shouted at him to, to sign the Paris Climate Agreement. He came over and said softly, you will never achieve the goal. And he continued, he continued. Kamala says, don't be discouraged. Greta says, but he is very sick to behave like that. Kamala says, yes. Then Savante, the fake Greta father, says Greta has a recorder always with her. And when it happened, it was on Greta's recorder. If you would like to get it, we can provide it. Greta says, maybe this recording can help you. These are fake Greta, by the way. Kamala Harris says, yes, definitely. Thank you. uh, Thank you so much. The fake Svante says, thank you. Kamala says, I'm sorry, I have to hang up now, but Josh will follow up with you and we will stay in touch and work together. I look forward to working with you. The gist of this story, 
may have just been that Kamala Harris got pranked and it was silly. But now we have something serious. Maybe Kamala knew the whole time that she was going to be VP. That's why she dropped out early. It could be because she's an awful candidate for sure. But some speculated that she knew she would be the VP the whole time. Either way, whether she was or wasn't, she was willing to accept dirt on an American presidential candidate as a Democrat from foreigners. Now, it's not the same as the accusations they made against Trump that he was trying to get dirt from other governments. But does it matter? Think back to the story from Politico. In 2017, they said Ukrainian efforts to sabotage Trump backfire or to boost Clinton backfire. And they said that there were select individuals in Ukraine that were trying to provide dirt to hurt Trump. In fact, they did. They provided information on Manafort, which ultimately led to to Trump's, uh, I I believe he was the campaign manager, but uh, Paul Manafort, who worked for the Trump campaign, getting arrested and charged and convicted. That was dirt from foreigners, not necessarily, not necessarily the government, but I, I believe they were they had ties to the government anyway. In this instance, you have potentially a fake Greta offering dirt on Trump that could hurt him politically to a Democrat who is willing to accept it. Now, ultimately, it was a prank, so I don't think anything happened. But I think this is serious. I do. I don't think it's the most serious thing in the world. I do think it's a prank and it's silly, but it strikes at the integrity of Kamala Harris. We knew she was crooked. You want to criticize Trump? By all means, you can go criticize him. We're talking about a video about Kamala Harris right now. They go on to explain exactly what was said and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Trump has been quoted as saying that climate change is a hoax. One of his first acts as president was to remove the U.S. from the Paris Climate Agreement. During the prank call with Harris, Greta recalled the negative experience. And then they go on to mention what we already read. So they, they do mention that Maxine Waters and others were pranked as well. They say the senator then tells Greta and Svante that she needed to hang up and one of her aides would follow up. This is at least the second time this year that two Russian pranksters have pulled a fast one on a Democrat from California. In January, at around the same time as their prank call with Harris, Vovon and Lexis pulled the same stunt on Maxine Waters. They also, I believe they got Adam Schiff claiming they had like a, a fart tape or a pee tape or something. They say in January, at around the same time, their prank, they, they, they got Maxine Waters. The House Financial Services Committee chairwoman is heard responding in shock as the supposed Swedish teenager recounts the fictional story. You'll never achieve your goals like those congressional fools who accuse me. I'll tell you the truth. I really wanted to push the, U- the Ukraine president to my competitor on trial, and he will go to trial with you, a bunch of uh, uh, Democrats. I would have a separate cage for all of you. It prompts Waters to probe. Oh, my God. He mentioned the Ukrainian president. A prankster claiming to be the teenager's father even claims they have audio re- uh, recording and they could share with the congresswoman. The hoax call includes Waters responding. If the public knew he talked to Greta like that and that she will never achieve, that will go against him, too. It's unclear when the phone call took place. The Russian duo say in a caption for the animated video posted Thursday that it's part of a project dedicated to global uh, to global problems of modern society. Vovan and Lexis discuss uh, discuss them with celebrities and politicians in order to find a solution together and save our planet. The description reads, adding that in his in this episode, they discuss the topic of harassment. I'll tell you what. Let's start counting down to them saying Russian, you know, foreigners are are smearing Kamala Harris, trying to discredit her to boost Donald Trump. It's a uh, it's a countdown at this point. They've already said that Russia gate is back. They claim a new report came out proving collusion. They didn't. It didn't. The actual investigation found no collusion and nothing happened. Well, now they're trying to resurrect all this stuff because they're desperate. This may be 
something that hurts Kamala Harris. But at the same time, they'll use it against Donald Trump by pointing the finger at the Russians. In the end, all that really happens is division in this country. And no one knows exactly what the real game being played is. But I can tell you this. Maybe the Russians want to help Trump. I don't care. Fine. Kamala Harris was more than willing to accept dirt on the president even before she was VP. She was still in the Democratic Party. She, was, she, she basically refuses to work across the aisle in, in, in the Senate. And what, was she have, what, what would she have done with that dirt? Leaked it to the press? Oh, you betcha. That's the most obvious thing, in my opinion. They say Waters played down the windup, which included the suggestion of a climate strike in support of Chango Chango Island, and began with a joke about Waters' nickname, Auntie Maxine. The call was dubbed likely to undermine U.S. security. I'd argue this one does as well. They say in February 2018, it was revealed that Adam Schiff was the victim of a prank phone call by the Russian comedians who offered to give him compromising dirt on Trump, including nude photos of the president and a Russian reality show star. And apparently Adam Schiff walked right into it. These people, man, do they have no security? They, they're going to mention more in May 2018. Foreign, secure, uh, Foreign Secretary Bob uh, Boris Johnson spent 18 minutes on a call with the pranksters pretending to be the Armenian prime minister. Conservative Johnson sounded particularly startled when the pranksters claimed Vladimir Putin had revealed he was influencing the leader of the Labour Party, Jeremy Corbyn. I'll tell you what, man, I think the pranks are funny, sure, but they probably do undermine U.S. security. So why are these Democrats falling for it? Shouldn't they do a better job of confirming who it is they're speaking to? Imagine if these pranksters got Kamala to give up something compromising. More importantly, they kind of did by showing Kamala Harris would have accepted dirt from foreigners to go after the president, essentially cheating in the election. So if she's willing to do this, how far do you think they're willing to go? I think they're willing to go a bit further than you would think. Many people seem to think that, you know, politics is clean. No way, dude. Politics is dirty. You want to accuse Donald Trump and the Republicans of rigging an election with voter suppression? Do it with my blessing. Fine. I don't care. Show me the proof. But if you ignore at the same time that Democrats would do the exact same thing, well, then what are you talking about? They complain all day and night about gerrymandering and they say the Republicans are suppressing. Shut up. Every, both sides are gerrymandering. They're, they're drawing their, their own congressional districts. What do you think this is? You think one party is perfect and the other isn't? No, I think they all, they're all garbage. And Donald Trump isn't a Republican. He's something else. That's why Republicans use the image of the lion instead of, uh, I believe, the elephant. No, I'm sorry. It's the, the which one? I don't know. Whatever. I think I think it's the elephant. I don't care at this point. I'm tired. It's Saturday. It's nice out. We're going to go grill. These stories, they get you sometimes. But um, it is kind of funny that she got pranked, I guess. Whatever. We'll see how it plays out. I don't ultimately I don't think anybody will care, but sure, whatever. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. And uh, adios.